what's going and what's good? It's your boy Fabs. It's your boy Milo. And we're here to bring you yet another episode of Layers of Life. Cheese. Come through we once again. We are here indeed, boy. <laughs> we have landed. Episode four zero. I was saying this before we started. Um, I, I really like whole numbers. So this yeah. feels really wholesome to me. I don't know why. And I like even numbers too. So I guess that only makes sense, right? I mean, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> lit, lit. So I mean, yeah. Obviously, it's like, it's like a little landmark for us in a sense, you know? Um, yeah, another one. Yeah, exactly that. And we're going to keep pushing them and get me. So, yeah, that's okay, what's Okay, you up. know what, yeah? We're going to make a deal not to mention the, the number of the episode until we get to episode 50. Because oh, that's going to be difficult, you know? Because it's, it's, it's always me. <laughs> literally, that's our little small challenge. <laughs> the next 10 episodes, or nine, so to say, we won't mention what number it is. So that okay. when it's 50, we like, nigga, we know this is 50. You know what I mean? All right, cool. I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'm not going to make any promises, Let's see how that I'll goes. try it. You get Because if you do it on the next recording, I will laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. I mean, you had it first in it. So yeah, let's do this. Um, Yeah. So, well, what Miles? What's, what's good? Yeah, man. It's been a, a busy week, I, w- I would want to say. Um, So I've been fighting a throat infection and... Mm. Yeah, not cool. Not cool at all. Because mm-hmm. I, this st- I started feeling not well, like around Saturday, like last Saturday. I told you that I was like, okay, you know, because I'm a, I'm the kind of person as well. I don't like to take medication mm-hmm. because I feel like it's placebo effect, not really doing anything, you know. Um, but yeah, I was feeling weird. And then when it was like Tuesday, I was like, no, nah, this is too much, too weird. And because of the whole COVID stuff, I was like. In this life, you know, you can't be too sure. You yeah. Know? So let me just let me just call my GP <laughs> and check in and see what I want. Like, and she was like, "Yeah, okay, cool. It's a throat infection, but take a COVID test just in case because it could be anything." Like, um, which didn't sit well with me because what do you mean it could be anything? You just told me it's a throat infection. Why am I doing a COVID test? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. hey, um, and I took it, and it was my first time doing a COVID test. Like, as in, I'd never done nice. a COVID test. I've been that. Some will say ignorant, but. I just know where I've been. I'm you've feeling ill. You've like, literally just pulled through. No, literally, basically. like, and it was, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be fair. It sure. wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I think it's because I've done it myself. I always had the fear of when it comes to the COVID test, someone is there okay. holding my neck mm-hmm. and forcing the thing up my nose <laughs> and up my throat. I was like, no, that's not, that's not what we're doing, sweetie, you know? <laughs> but that wasn't the case. And yeah, it, was, it wasn't that bad. Like, so... Same First COVID more. test. Woo-hoo. Well, you're alive. And it was negative. May I add? May I add? Amen. Amen. Um, so, yeah. It's funny because people actually make a big deal out of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, it's not nice to always have something shoved down your throat and your nose. Do you know what I mean? It's not nice. But I guess once it's done, it's done, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I guess afterwards, it's just that fear of, okay, do I have it? Do, I not? do you know what it's for? Yeah, I've realised, like, yeah. So the COVID thing does bring a lot of anxiety towards us as human beings because now you can't even be sick in peace. You when you're ill, not feeling hundred percent, your first worry is oh, COVID. 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 Like, what is that? As if there was not a flu or anything before. Even if you cough or sneeze, what everyone was like. Honestly, like <laughs> you get me. But when we've been out of this, or hopefully soon. So fingers crossed. Hopefully boy. so. I mean, I guess we're just going to see what's good from there. You yeah, man. Me. But yeah, how how's your how's your week been going? Yeah, man. Do you know what? Like, my my week's been cool. My week's been all right still. Um, yeah, I'm just, again, just trying to just get myself together, yeah. really. Um, picking up the pieces and just trying to mend shit. You get me? Um, I started um, a course, thanks to yourself. <laughs> so, you're um, welcome, you're welcome. basically, quite long story short, I started, guys, I started a, um, a mental health first aid course this Ooh, week. Whoop. 
uh, which my good friend Miles put me on. Thank you very much. Word, 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 word. Um, Do what good friends do. Listen, amazing, amazing. Like, um, yeah, it's something that we kind of spoke about before um, and whatnot. And um, yes, I guess that only makes sense. And you obviously told me and I thought, let's jump on it. And I managed to get it. And here we are. And um, yeah, so I started that and it was a very small um, group of us that actually um, done it on that day. So um, I'm really happy with the information that I've learned from that. Mm -hmm. And there's still so much more that I need to learn um, this week as well. So I guess in next week's episode, you guys will know exactly what I've learned. But um, we basically touched upon the um, subject of um, suicide basically. And um, yeah, I think the way how I see suicide now is just totally different to how I saw it before this course. Mm. Um, And honestly, like, yeah, it's just really, it's just really interesting to like know how, you know, certain things have evolved over time and so forth. Like, I'll be honest with you, I did not know that before 1961, suicide or committing suicide was a crime. Hence why people say commit suicide. You get me? Mm. And it's weird. Like, how can you be in trouble for something that you've done or you've committed, but like, you're no longer here? So I think to myself, what, does your family get the brunt of it or something? Do you get what I mean? I don't know if it was kind of like a a social thing where it was kind of like a shame for someone in your family Mm. to commit suicide or so forth. And you're not even supposed to say commit suicide anymore either. Yeah, you're not meant to. Because it still has negative connotations yeah. to how it was back then um prior to 1961 so um you know phrases like saying you know oh they've um you know taken their own life or they've passed do you know what I mean like you know these are the kind of phrases that we kind of need to be moving forward with but you know it, it's still it's still quite new because even not to be funny but 1961 was kind of the other day mm. do you know what I mean you know so and <laughs> look now we're still kind of you know in this society where you know things are just kind of just slowly changing I guess something slowly. like this will slowly change as well, you know. A lot of things, um, talk about things changing, a lot of things aren't changing. And I'm sick to death of this English country we're in and the media, the royal family, everything that's been happening in the news. That's how my week has been, actually. Forget this Forget this throat infection and COVID. That's what has been <laughs> in my head this week. How, I just, you know what? I have to commend the women and, and men and whoever who's black and activist who fights for the cause because... If you put me on TV and tell me to fight for black people, I will swear and cuss down every single motherfucker in there that I wouldn't be able to even articulate my words properly. So first of all, congrats and hats off to those people who can do it because to experience something to your to your own personal self and to see other people who are like you experiencing it and then to see how a whole demographic of people or some demographic of these people just are so quick to diffuse and dismantle and act as if our pains and what we go through is, is not a thing. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I, I, it doesn't sit well with me. It's kind of it like, well you me. know, put your feelings to the side because you're not as important. That's how I Honestly. read it anyways. That's how I Honestly. read it. And you know what? Especially with what's happened this week as well, no one can ever say that racism does not exist because it fucking does. It, let's get into this Harry and Meghan. <laughs> at first, um, I was like, I, when, the, when the interview, when I knew this interview was scheduled, I was I was really like intrigued to find out what was going to be said, um, and I I didn't actually watch it to be fair, but I did watch clips of it um, enough to kind of grasp some sort of understanding of what had kind of occurred. Um, but I think for me, my main reason for not really wanting to engage in watching it was because. I personally didn't feel like there was anything new I was going to learn about the fuckeries that the royal family's been doing because let's be real, we're all aware that they 
have colonized most of the world from how many centuries ago. What did they do to, to you know, reimburse or to say those people worst changed from, from that time till now? Nothing has changed. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't expect anything different from the royal family. And I feel like the things that were spoken about in that interview is just the surface. It's just the, ice, the tip of the iceberg because mm-hmm. the plethora of things that the royal family have been named for or things that have, that have been quote-unquote... Bro, I just... Bring the pedo to the stage. Bring Andrew over here. Let's speak to him because... He, Vaz is on fire today. I just can't, I can't, I can't deal with the double standard living that people just continue to just perpetuate, and it's just, it gets me so frustrated because this is a life that we actually live. Like, I'm a black person. I can't change my skin tone. I can't do nothing about it. I just consistently have to just sit there and endure what seems to be a normal conversation to some people. But it's just blatant daylight racism. It's gaslighting. It's white splaining. It's white fragility. There's so many names and terms for it, but we can acknowledge it. But the ones who are doing it can't. And that worries and bothers me because mm-hmm. those are the ones who have the power and the ones who have the positions to make things change. This is it. I feel like, regardless of the situation, I still feel like as much as, you know, the UK might be, you know, inclusive of race and, you know, diversity and all that kind of stuff there, there are certain systems in place that do not favour us at all. So speaking on that subject, so I watched the interview. I didn't watch it at the same time when everyone else does because when when something's kind of in the hype, I don't like to do it the same time as people. I like to kind of let it die down and then mm. I'll do my research afterwards. You know what I mean? Right? I so I watched the interview and I'll be honest with you because like, if anyone asks me, I don't know anything that's going on in this world. Like, literally, like, I'm, I literally live underneath a rock. Like, <laughs> I don't watch the news. I don't, I, literally, I don't know anything. I rely on people like humans. <laughs> like, I rely on my friends to tell me what it is. How are you swearing at you? <laughs> the information I'm giving you. Right? But it's a thing where after that interview festival, I wanted to watch the um, interview on Mr. World Premiere, but that was just messing up because I got told that it was unedited, right? Which was annoying because I couldn't get it up, so I just watched it on ITV player anyways. And I'll be honest with you, I feel like some things on the ITV player were actually edited because there's certain scenes that just didn't really kind of like make sense. Yeah. If that makes sense whatever, cool. So after that interview, um, it really kind of just changed my mind about, um, you know, how royalty is and how royalty how royalty should be and so forth and Meghan Markle kind of described how she saw royalty was when she watched like Little Mermaid or something like mm. that you know and you know how you know there's like king queen prince princess and all these things and what have you and the way how um Meghan was describing it she kept using the term institution now whenever I think of institution institution I always think business I always think corporate environment do you mm. know what I mean that was, that's the third thing that came into my head so when she explained the whole you know royal family in that way I'm like do you know what this definitely is a business this definitely is you know it's an organisation obviously this is something that's you know been going for thousands and thousands of years but this is actually just like another system mm. you know and how I see it is that um, the system this is a system um, that is kind of, in a sense, still not serving any purpose because, you know, there's no inclusion of any form of diversity, regardless of whatever work, you know, um, William and Harry want to be doing in, you know, Africa or the Caribbean or wherever, okay? Mm. Like, that still doesn't show that there's, you know, any form of diversity within, that like, the royal family because when she mentions stuff like, you know, um, people were asking how dark um, Archie's going to be and so forth, like, how can you ask such a question like that? You know, um, 
it's crazy. It's actually mad. So that just kind of made me feel like, wow, that like, we're really not in favour at all. You know, the fact that Archie and um and Megan weren't going to be getting any form of like protection and so forth as well. I'm thinking, why is you know, this person or these set of people kind of being neglected from certain things that they should be entitled to. Mm-hmm. Just like how, you know, Harry is. Do you get what I mean? Right? Um, I think it's kind of really out of order. And I can just, con- I can only imagine how she may have felt being, it's kind of like being a part of a group and nobody wants you to kind of be a part of this group, you know? You're being feeling, you're feeling neglected, but then, you know, there's a secret um, contract between the rows and the tabloids and so forth and everything. Yeah, it was such a mix up. Yeah. It's actually a big, and big mix up. In, like, and I, and again, that's what I say. Like, this is kind of what I expected to come from it to some, to some degree because in doing an interview like that, there's some things that you're going to have to expose and there's some things that you're going to have to just keep shum about because of the ethics of things. Like, and the fact that it was, I just feel like, yeah. Her and I feel like there's only one common denominator within all of this, and it's, it really just points back to her skin tone. And I feel like what gets me annoyed is when people try to say things like, "Oh, why is it always about race? Why are you people throwing the race card?" Blah 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 blah. But when you're a black person or a person of color, and you experience how it feels to be oppressed, and you're treated differently just based on your skin color, you would know when people are doing stuff to you just based off that alone and trying to discriminate you. It's very evident and very clear. And I feel like because she wasn't in, like... You know how the in the royal families, like, you have to be a certain... You have to fit a certain criteria mm-hmm. in order to kind of get in. And mm-hmm. I feel like she didn't have to go through that process because it was it was the prince himself who chose yeah, to Yeah, he, he chose, yeah. He yeah. love with whoever he wants to have love with. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. And I feel like her coming into the royal family, she probably wasn't aware of how rigid and how systemic and how things really go everything is really down to the bloodline like you can't enter the royal family if you're not the bloodline like mm-hmm. like you said on the, when we were speaking earlier it is kind of cultish in a way because it's all in, it's all inclusive for those who need to be included in it so to say, if you're not involved you won't know what's going on mm-hmm. and we also control what the media put out because I know for a fact the media have dirt on them like as a journalist when you follow a story you even as a journalist in general you hear stories you hear things you follow leads, you pick up on stuff. Mm-hmm. You're trying to tell me that if you if you go to your boss at the Daily Mail, wherever the Sun, and you go with this big story, he's going to let you report it. Like you said, they've got ties with these media tabloids. Yeah. They're coming for your heads. They mm-hmm. know where you are. They know where you live. So the, I feel like the, what is being put out there is just being put out there for the citizens and the public to just further perpetuate and push this race war, at which is to level. further divide us as humans. And, and mm-hmm. that's what I feel like this is all further created and caused but it's also to further highlight how systems and how people from these institutions are ultimately just plain out racist and that's just what it is bottom line is it's racism you're treating someone different based off the, their color of the skin and their ethnicity is racism we all know how this how it goes mm-hmm. and what it, what it means yeah and i feel like to try and downplay it and say that's not the case and whatnot well what explanation is there mm-hmm Okay. What, there's no, there's no nothing you can say to justify it, and then you have this fucking monger on TV, live TV, Pierce fucking nutcase Morgan speaker having. The, does he thinking it's his place to speak on first of all a woman, another woman's health and her mental health at that, and disregarding her own story? How dare you, as a human being, as, as a reporter, as someone who speaks on things? Like, how can you sit there and belittle someone 
when they've spoken about their experience and their story, further yet a black woman on International Women's Day, and then further saying her mental health is not her mental health problem and it's, it's not real, and you want evidence and proof. How fucking dare you? It's disgusting. Give me the proof that you're a cunt. It's, it's disgusting. Like, let me see the proof. But the proof is there. The, pr- the proof is How there. How dare you? Do you get me? It is very disgusting. And one thing I don't like about this country, like you was literally saying earlier as well, it's the double standards. Um... I don't like that at all. How can it be one rule for one person and another rule for another? It makes no sense whatsoever. And I feel like, especially with people, especially with certain platforms that they're on and, you know, their reputation is where they're able to get away with stuff like this. And this is why Piers Morgan has been able to get away with stuff like this. Piers Morgan has, you know, um, like tarnished, like, guests on on their show and all that kind of stuff. You know, describing, you know, I think he was describing a young lady's skirt and whatnot. Like, it was so early in the morning as well. I think to myself, why are you talking about that for? There was a video circling around it. And it's like, you'd see that as just banter, as a little joke. Mm. But deep down, why the hell are you talking about a woman's skirt yeah. so early on, early on in the morning? And you know what's even funny about this as well? And this is why I love, this is one reason why I love the internet. Because the internet never fails to pull up receipts. Mm-hmm. It never true. fails to pull up receipts. So there was a video that was going on, on around Twitter of Piers Morgan, he was in an interview or he was on a he was on a TV show with someone and he was speaking about Meghan Markle. This was probably about 2016, 2017. And they were actually friends. Yeah. They were yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember. And then she was basically and he was basically saying how there was at one function that they had gone to and that's where she had met Prince Harry. And apparently it was it was he was basically saying he was the one that hooked them up together. And after that, after their date of, of, of them two meeting, like Harry and Meghan, that she ghosted him and she never spoke to him again. And that's it. So it's like so now it's there's like a little backlog as to why you're pushing the the negative narrative of her because she no longer wants you in her life. Mm-hmm, she doesn't want to speak mm-hmm. to you no more. She realizes what kind of person you are, and you think it's okay to take it upon yourself to continue to drag her in the media and speak about her when she's not giving you nothing. Yeah, this is it. I slightly think. I mean, you know, I I think he's purposely done this. Just all for money. No, but he's a narcissist. I feel like that's what it is. He's done it because he doesn't know anything different. He does it because he he gets he's allowed to do it. He gets away with it. And he's because he's a white man. He's a white middle class. This this is it, yeah. And he's using his platform to tarnish a young lady, you know? And that's another thing as well I want to also speak about as well. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of racial matters within a situation, but also, you know, um like problems towards towards women. I feel like a lot of men they feel like they've got the power to kind of undermine women. And, you know, Piers Morgan is definitely an example of that. And it's not fair, like, how certain women are treated. And also, in saying that as well, it's not fair how certain men are treated as well. Do you get what I'm coming from? But, you know, in a situation like this, I really feel like, you know, like you were saying, if someone's obviously speaking about their suicidal thoughts and so forth, why are you doing more things to kind of, like, push her to like, that edge. You don't, Do you get what I'm coming from? It's disgusting. Like and this is exactly Even that. if you don't believe it, don't, you don't have to say all the things you think. I think people need to people need to realise this. As much as it's a free, outspoken world, you don't have to say everything that you think because some of the things you say have negative implications on how it can affect people. Yeah, Simple no, you're right. Be mindful and care about other people's this feelings. This is it. And not to be funny, for a gentleman like him, he's getting away with it. And it's he's not, not fair. Gentleman. But one thing I, I did like is the he's fact that... He's not a gentleman. That... He's a bitch. Well, he's a bitch-ass <laughs> nigga. That's what he is. <laughs> and he's good he's not on that show. And on top of that as well, his, his co-worker, Susanna, sitting there with her white tears, acting all sad because he's no longer going to be on a show. But the times that he was sitting there slaying people, even the stuff he said about Megan, what did you say, sweetie? You was there as an accomplice, saying nothing. Allowing this to go on. And I feel like it's little things like that that people that we saw live on TV that happen in workplaces and it happens to black people on a daily basis. Like, no, 
don't do that to me. Yeah. And then you act as if what you're doing isn't what you're doing by gaslighting me further. Yeah. I think, do you know what it is? I feel like, obviously, there's no excuse for it at all. I feel like when, it's kind of like being in the workplace. When you kind of notice that bullying's going on, it's like, it's kind of like there's a like, I think beforehand, a lot of people were probably thinking, do I intervene or not? And I feel like that's probably a little, that's probably kind of like, what happened. I'm not saying that probably did happen, but mm-hmm. that's just kind of how I'm seeing it because, you know, when you're seeing someone kind of just like bullying someone from time to time to time and you just expect for the person just to firm it and get it and then you just get to a point where it's like, okay, this is actually being a bit serious now. You know what I'm coming from? No, I feel I like that's probably what's happened, didn't it? But one thing I do like is the fact that, oh gosh, I forgot his name. GMTV. What's his name? Good Morning Britain. The mixed race guy. I forgot his name. I, I'm so glad that he's done that. He stood up for her. Because not to be funny, he also stood up for Megan. No one I actually I don't know any other, you know, public figure that has actually stuck mm. up for um um Megan like that. Live on national TV. Do you know coming from? Obviously, you know, I know that Gina, what's her name? Gina. Comedian. The comedian, yeah. and there was another one as well. That's obviously There's had her back and whatnot. One, one, one Do you know what I mean? Shola and another one called Kelechi. I've been that Yeah, yeah. So I saw, I saw that one. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, but I think what happened was the fact that he obviously, um, I didn't done what he'd done the day after the interview. Do you get what I'm coming from? Yeah. I'm not to be funny, but Piers knew that he was going to get some smoke that day. I'm sorry. He knew. And it's a thing where, you know, he's had to. Or was it Adam had to call out bullshit? He had to because it was this disgusting. It got ridiculous. You know what's you know what's really ironic though is that there is actually a video on YouTube of of Piers and Adam getting into it at a previous stage where Adam walked off because yes, yes, saying, I remember that. Piers I remember that. Digging, he was saying some rude. He was just being insensitive, calling him a loser, calling him a coward, saying like, "Oh yeah, watch you walking off, walking off." But when it was him. He couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah, he, he couldn't handle it. And no, that's he why he had attacked. to get up. Exactly. And that is a prime example of white fragility. Because when you people you get called out on your bullshit, you act as if you're not doing it, and then you give your white tears, acting as if, oh, but I didn't know. But you knew what you was doing. Mm-hmm, you knew mm-hmm. what he was doing. And the fact that you didn't know, you're not trying to do any better to learn any different as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it shows you clearly don't care. Yeah, you're acting. exactly and that. I don't, I don't like that. No, exactly. And I think this is what a lot of what how the TV is basically. Do you get I me? Mean? Everything is an act. You get me? But I really feel like, you know, Piers definitely he, he needs, got the good in that he needed. And I'm glad that whether he whether he got fired, whether he was that I don't care. He resigned because he knew he could if being being fired, we all know is you'd rather leave a job before you get fired, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he done the exact same thing. Like he knew it would it would tarnish him. And to be and to be honest as well, that's probably what the media has purposely put out there. You got stories saying that he did um, get um, fired. You got stories where he said he did get, um, you know, where he did resign and so forth. And I think they're just stories that are just put out there just to kind of just confuse everything. Mm. But obviously, whoever knows the real story, they know the real story. But the fact of the matter is, he's no longer going to be on that platform anymore. And good riddance, because good riddance, why the hell is the UK, you know, glamorizing, you know, such behavior? No. It's not fair at all, you know? Why is it that we, and it's funny because when we feel very strongly about something, okay, we should. Keep her mouths quiet. No. Do you know who else should be quiet? Do you know who should be quiet? Who? Sharon Osbourne should be quiet. Did you see her video? Do you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I did hear something about it, but I did not... I haven't seen it myself. Explain to me. Explain so to me. she was basically on a, on, a, on a TV show. I think it was called The Real. And there was she was speaking to a woman, a black woman called Cheryl. Um, and she was basically shouting at her, being very aggressive. And she was basically, basically supporting Piers Morgan, saying... 
what has he said or what exactly has he like she was like what has he done tell me now what he said to be racist blah blah like proper shouting at her like disrespectful on the show live like she told, the woman was show was like oh we're gonna go for a break and we'll come back while she's saying that Sharon's still going she's talking over the clap she's Swear talking over everything down. and it, it was crazy and like, she was like she was like to show you shouldn't be crying if anyone should be crying it should be me and she was going nuts nuts and it made me laugh because she was doing exactly what Piers done what white people like to do when it comes to race when they don't like to answer for themselves when they realise they actually are racist and they don't know how to other defend themselves other than being aggressive because let there be a black woman on the stage feeling as expressive as Sharon, as Sharon was the first thing she'd be labelled as is an aggressive black woman, mm-hmm, as always. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The same stereotype they like to push all the time is exactly what they're going to throw out again. Mm-hmm. But you think it's okay to come here because you're uneducated and you don't know how racism works, really. You, what, it's what you're going to tell me. You shall an husband. Who's your husband again, please? Hmm. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Heavy metal band. What was they doing? Did you see black people there? Oh you know God. what racism mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. How old is she? Let me find, let me find out how old she is. That's what she is. She's she was Asian. born in 1952. 1952. So that means that she was alive for the 1980 St. Paul's riots. She was alive for the 1981 Ch- <laughs> Chapel Town riots. She was alive for the 1981 riots. 1985, 1989. She was alive for all of these things. So for you to sit there and act as if you don't know what racism is as a celebrity, bullshit. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. bullshit. I think, well, <laughs> have I had... There was a tweet saying that she's older than the Race Relations Act. I had to laugh at that one. That, <laughs> that was funny. Hilarious. But it's it just, it just angry, like, because I, I, it, it angers me because I feel like whenever we try to express our, our pain and our frustration and, and how we feel about certain situations... It's undermined. It's undermined, and then what it does is it, it, that it, it changes and turns into a social movement, a hashtag, as opposed to actual change. Mm-hmm. And that's why last year when when the whole protest stuff was going on, I remember specifically saying that um, that protests don't really do much like, so I don't see why we do them. And I want to partially take back what I said. Partially. Only because I feel like in some aspects, when it does come to... Um, protesting and rioting well no 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 i don't i don't agree with the rioting but the protest side of stuff like it is it does make a change it does highlight the cause and it does push people to realize that you know the citizens are are on at unrest and there does need to be changes happening so i and that's the side of 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 protesting that i like to believe in because Mm -hmm. if you don't speak about it no one's going to know to make any differences Mm -hmm. about stuff however don't just reduce it to a hashtag or a social movement for yeah. a couple of days or a week. Actually do something about it. Let's actually get something moving because... Exactly. And to talk, talking about getting something, I know we're, we're going to switch gears just a little bit here, but um, so obviously there was the story about um, the, unfortunately, a very, very unfortunate story. It even sounds horrible to even speak about. Um, so, God rest her soul, um, Sarah Everard and that situation of you know, her being kidnapped and then being tortured and killed by a police officer. That is disgusting. By a police officer. That is officer. disgusting. The same police that last year everyone's telling us, don't we can't abolish the police just because of Black Lives Matter movement, blah, 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 blah. The police are here to protect us. Police are here to protect and save, blah, blah, blah. And I, it's unfortunate and it's annoying and frustrating that it's come to this situation for there to be some sort of movement or change. But... 
the black community have been screaming at police brutality for years. And this is not to discredit what's happening now, but it's to further highlight the importance of how long it's been going on for and to further bring back the importance of race in situations like this because when it's no longer a black person, it, in all honesty, in my eyes, I feel like the story changes, the narrative changes, it gets more highlight. 100%. And there's there's more that comes from these things. There's more findings, there's, there's more solutions, there's more equivocal findings as well. And it, it hurts to find out that there's situations where this has happened to black people and cases have been dismissed, closed, yes. not being looked at for years. You know what I mean? And it's discouraging, it's hurtful. And I'm saying this in regards to the rioting and stuff because obviously yesterday, remember when you spoke to me on the phone and you was like how you saw a lot of people? Yeah, so I was on the Northern Line and I'd seen um, quite a few people with placards with um, Sarah Everin's name. I just knew that something was happening. Yeah. And when I came out of Badham Station, I literally saw a helicopter hovering over like, you know, Clapham and, you know, all of that side and everything like that. I knew that something was happening and I think, um, yeah, there was obviously doing that. Was, no, was, a, was that a protest? Was a it was... A, it was well, in this, in, this, in this sense, it's a vigil. It was practically people who have been traumatised, who have been, who are grieving, who are mourners from mm-hmm. what's, what's happening in the situation. Yeah. They, it's a vigil, just that it's obviously caught the attention of loads of women, loads of people from, in the UK because mm-hmm. of what's happened. And where I don't like what's happening now with it is, so there's actually, so obviously yesterday, the police actually arrested quite a few women. There was a lot of things happening. There was a lot of like back and forth going on. And I feel like in a situation like this, it shows you how little power women have. And also how little the police and people actually care because I think the situation that we need to highlight is this is a woman, a white woman who was walking home and she was attacked by a police officer. Yet it's the same police officers you guys bring to what police this event. Mm-hmm. Instead of bringing the police here to facilitate and help set up, to be mm-hmm. part of the change, you're here to further cause divide by being here in case there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then starting to go on, to, then you continue to arrest people. And you, and their reason for this is because, oh, it's against COVID rules and blah, 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 blah. No, but there's a bigger, there's a bigger cause here. Definitely. There's a much bigger cause here. Definitely. And there's been changes that have been made. So the Home Secretary has actually put a law into place that... Um, protesters practically can be silenced and and can be put into prison. Like protesting. Like I said to you a couple podcasts ago, slowly but surely, our rights are moving away from us because this is practically a crackdown on the freedom of protest. And it it gives officers new rights and new powers to target one person if they believe that this person has incited what what people would call a protest. Or even things as simple as if if they suspect one person to be causing noise and orderly disruption, like in public spaces in general, they have every single right to to nab you. Wow! And it's mad. That is crazy. And it's mad. And because I'm saying this because the government and the, and British police are complicit in all this nonsense and bullshit that's happening. Because from last year when the pro- protest was going on and the riots with the whole Black Lives Matter stuff, and you know that um, statue was it in Bristol? Yeah. 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 Oh, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember yeah. what place it was, but um, they they've changed the law for criminal damage to memorials from imprisonment from three months to now ten years. What, bro? So it's like they do everything no. to, to continue to protect this quote unquote monarchy and system and institution that really isn't serving people. Yeah. So it's like, you guys can make changes, but you just pick and choose what you want to make changes this for. This is it. And it's disgusting as well, because, you know, like, all due respect, you know, Sarah 
Um, it seems like obviously a lot of work has been done to try and, you know, find out, you know, who actually did do all this horrible stuff to her. But I mean, not to be funny. No, but I, we they know, found him, I swear. They did find him, but also, but they I'm saying they've they done the necessary work to do so, okay? Cool. But what happened to my girl last year? What's her name again? Um, the young black the Ni- girl. Nigerian girl. Yeah, the Nigerian um the Nigerian um girl who um Bless who, Blessing Blessing Olu Olu Shogun. Right, exactly blessing, that. Yeah, that's, that's her, name. her body was found on the beach and there's still no actual evidence of anything basically. They said it was inconclusive. Mean? There was no there's there's nothing there to, to be investigating. How? That makes no sense. I'm a, sorry. A black girl in an area like that who is there uh, what breaks my heart is the fact that she was only there for placement. She's, she's only, not even in her own area. She's like, only do you know there what I mean? Placement. Like she couldn't even just go where she wanted to go in peace without being distracted, without being disturbed. And then unfortunately there for being murdered. And what you guys are gonna sit there and tell me that there's nothing to investigate. There's nothing to after do. After her body was found six hours after. So you're trying to tell me in those six hours, you lot couldn't see nothing. This around, is what right? I'm saying. And then, you know, Sarah's body was found how many days later, I'm sure, right? Or we, whatever. You get me? Like well, it's something just doesn't make any sense. Like you were saying. There's a system here where, um, you know, whoever, the authorities are picking and choosing what they kind of want to do with kind of thing, right? Um, and I think it's just really disgusting. And obviously just shows that, you know, I think with the amount of evidence that we have as black people as to why there obviously still is racism in this country, there's so much, there's too much. I think there's, there's too much for people to ignore, but that's where it's a trace. You choose to ignore. Do you get me? And even, so... Adding on to that, like I said, um, even when the whole when the interview was going on with Meghan and um, Harry and Oprah, the next day I was on Twitter and I saw people, and unfortunately these people I'm going to label it as white men, who is what I came across on. That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, we're literally putting out pictures on Twitter comparing Oprah Winfrey to Ian Wright. That is disgusting. And I'm like, but you can. <sighs> People's ignorance is a madness, Bro. you know, honestly, it's disgusting. And do you know what it is as well? One thing I think I've come to realise as well, is the ignorance being glamorised? Because being it glamorized. seems like, it seems like people seem to be getting like a thrill of all of this. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, such an attention-seeking thing, but it's disgusting. It's horrible, right? How can you try to get attention by slandering, not just one person, but, you know, you're slandering, you know, a whole race, in a sense, you get me? And, and how like can you get away with something like when, that? It's when they, because it's so innocently, quote unquote, innocently done that, to the fact that, the fact that you think and feel that you're not doing anything wrong is the problem in itself. It's like I said, it's so deeply rooted in some people's just inherent natures and beings that that's just how they are as people. And it's again, it's never a black person's place to educate people on what racism looks like or how to not be racist. It doesn't make sense. Just don't, it's best if you just don't speak. This is it. Just have nothing this to is say. It. If you don't know something, leave it alone. Do you get what I mean? Let's not right. try to, you know, light up, go gas up something that you don't even know about. And I feel like it's me. really hard, again, when people haven't experienced what we have experienced. Yeah, this And is to it. try and put it into words sometimes isn't even just, it's just not even enough. Like So on that topic, right, Um, going back to the interview, right, where Harry was being interviewed at this time round. Mm. And when I was, because I watched the video, or the, yeah, I watched the video, and I'd seen, I kind of just got his vibe and I got his energy um, whilst watching that interview. And um, I don't know, I slightly thought, although he probably may not be saying everything, because he obviously is, you know, still a part of the royal family, regardless how you want to look at 
he's still um, a part by blood, so I guess he wants to protect him in whatever way. But he was obviously kind of just like sharing how he um, was obviously very much sort of oblivious to, you know, unconscious bias and, you know, racism and sort of all of that. Mm. And and he obviously discovered that once he met Megan, because obviously Megan was obviously going through all of that. So he got to see it um, first, first handedly, in it? Mm. And, you know, I think for, some, for someone like him, because obviously he obviously has done certain, you know, things for, you know, you know, for the community, I should say, right? I feel like out of everyone, he's probably the only one who's kind of made an effort in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know I'm coming from? Um, the fact that he's obviously taken someone who is, you know, biracial, who is half black, or not even half I feel black, like but even, he, even in that choice alone, he's probably his family probably saw him differently from that alone. This is it. And can you imagine, yeah? You know, being so young and, you know, imagine being young and you don't even really know what's going on and you've got so much people kind of telling you this, that, that and this. And it just really just shows, you know, the generational change that has that come. You know, the British um, royal family, they've still got values that are now expired, but they're still kind of still going along with it. Do you know what I mean? Hence why, hence why um, Archie and Meghan, they're not getting the protection that they need because they probably just feel like they're not, Needed in the family, and which I, I feel is disgusting. And I feel like I feel like just because I feel like because they've stepped back from their their rights and their their role and duty as being part of the royal family, I feel like because they've publicly done that, they are publicly going to be alienated. Um, not even publicly actually, they're going to be alienated behind closed doors, and then they're forever going to make it act and seem as if they're there to support and care for them, but really they're not. And they've spoken their truth. They've spoken about. What, is, what it looks like, what it's been like and their experiences. And I feel like you have to take that at face value. For them, for him to experience the things he's experienced. And again, I feel like it's really important and key to highlight, you know, how old he was when his mum was in the limelight and Prince Diana was the one going on interviews and being speaking about stuff that was happening within closed doors that no one really knew about. Um, and like you said, for him to have grown up for so many years and then being told things left, right and centre, never really been told the truth, maybe. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so for him to get to this understanding and be at this stage in his life with this woman, I feel like the values and lessons he's learned from his mum, I'm saying this to face my best friend, but <laughs> <laughs> I would like to imagine and believe that the lessons that he's learned from his mum, he's, he's really understood that. And he's, he's probably physically seen it happening within the royal family. And yeah. he's, he's made sure it's his duty to protect his family. And that's exactly what he's doing. And he has every single right to do that. And exactly. I, I mean... I don't know. He he even said, yeah, he didn't want history to repeat itself. So therefore, he's he taken upon like, yeah. he's taken upon himself to become a man, look out for his family, right, and um, do what he has to do. And if it is that he had to flee away from, you know, doing his royal duties, then so be it. And he even mentioned that you know he's been financially cut as well, you know, yeah. and he said that he's living off you know some of the money that his mum left behind. That's really Can you imagine? That's a mad thing. And it's mad because I feel like subconsciously, this again, you know, I'm, I'm a very no coincidence kind of person. Mm-hmm. She knew what, that, fam, she passed away many years ago. For that, for that fans to still be there, she knew she had to make sure her son was good and no one else could do that for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's like she knew. And it's, it's kind of like giving me goosebumps in a way because like, fam, the story is so deep. Like, I thought people think, think that this is just, you know, it's tabloid news it's just a bit entertainment but these are actually people's lives this is like, people's lives some people actually real. want out of the system and want out of the establishment and the, the the typical way of living because they know that it's it's demeaning it's no longer serving and again like I said British values is based upon crimes against humanity that's why the Queen has her crown and has all them jewels 
for crimes against humanity for that her ancestors and people before have, have been committing. Mm-hmm. And it's time for it to just be done. I think... Abolish the monarchy! Well, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like the fact when Harry mentioned that, you know, William and his dad, they're both Williams, isn't it? Charles? Charles, shame. <laughs> Not too Williams. This, this is what I'm saying, like, I don't know nothing, but Charles and William, they're literally, in a sense, they've kind of still brainwashed with the whole royalty stuff. Um, and Harry's oh actually so the woke one. He's actually the woke and one. And it's annoying because now Kate is here doing public appearances. Don't stay in your cave, girl. Stay in a, a vigil. vigil. In a pandemic. Honestly, in a, in a Panasonic. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> oh. And I just feel like, I just feel like when it comes to the media, you know me, like I'm big on propaganda and I feel like all of it is just a, such a, it's such a mind fucking a game. Like, and it's so hard to even speak about these things because as much as I care, I really don't care because... Me, I've got, I've got tomorrow to look forward to. But <laughs> these things affect my day-to-day life. Yeah. Because I go into institutions as a black man. I'm looked at certain ways. I'm treated certain ways. I have to be able to stand for myself. Can you imagine the amount of people that the next day, like, you know, I can't say even in the office because, well, then again, for people who have obviously gone back to work, obviously maybe in the office, but can you imagine the conversations afterwards? Bro, if you feel uncomfortable, Did you watch, did you watch the interview? Did you watch the interview? Oh my gosh, like... <sighs> Listen, like, my colleagues know how outspoken I am. Don't speak about the interview, please, because I will tell you something you don't want to know. <laughs> you guys will go and try and put me to HR for being outspoken. <laughs> one thing, one thing though, it's it's weird because I guess the kind how I felt about it is that, well, especially when I done the whole course and everything like that, I was around people that I actually don't know. And funny enough, I was actually the only black person in that group as well. So. Oh my god, you know the thing is, there was a black woman in mine, and that gave me so much joy. Like, is it to be in? You know what's mad? Because training, training, training sessions like that online stuff where you're sometimes the only black person is it's not traumatizing but it's like do you know yeah it's kind of like okay cool <laughs> you know what I mean it's like let you feel me pressure. flick that switch button on like, like do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, like yeah. that's literally how it mean. felt but at the same time I was just being myself yeah. you know there were and I feel mm-hmm. like it's important because we need to be able to fill in spaces when even if it's just us be that person and be there and stand your ground and not minimize your personality, your voice, your anything. Like, and I feel like it's something that we as people need to work on because sometimes I subconsciously do it. I'm not aware that I'm minimizing myself to try and fit into everyone, so I don't seem too black. Or, yeah, you know what I mean, like it's, it is funny as well because little things like you know when everyone's speaking amongst themselves, I'm trying to think, okay, how can I interject now? Like, is it my turn? Or like, and sometimes that was running my head, and I think to myself, oh, is it a bit too late to speak now? Do you get I me? Mean? I was a bit mm. kind of. Um, What's the word? I was a bit... Ugh, I can't even find the word right now. What's the word? I just sit on edge. On the edge? Uh, yeah, I was a bit on the edge. Okay. I was a bit on the edge in a sense because it's like, okay, cool. Like, I feel like everyone's saying all these things and I'm expected to probably try and top that or whatever. Do you get what I mean? Like, and these are the things that I was kind of thinking, but, you know, just speaking about the whole interview um, pr- process in um, the session that we had, like, we was actually speaking about it and funny because it was obviously about suicide. We obviously learned about suicide in that mm. session as well. And, um, yeah, like... It was just it was just interesting to know how everyone literally felt the same. Everyone was like, you know, the royal family is literally fucked, in a sense. And but what and and I hear it because I do agree with it. But like I said, I've been seeing so much people who have been like, yeah, we stand with Megan, we really believe the royal family and stuff. But when you see these incidents happening right in front of your face, you can't call it out. You can't. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem. And 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 that's the thing as well. I feel like especially. I think with just everyone, when you see something, you just need to call it out. Yes, you probably got that fight or f- flight mode um, kicking in whether you feel like you should do something or not. But that's where the issue is. A lot more people are choosing not to do something 
Um, and then they still want to give their support from afar, but it still doesn't. It's not going to make a difference unless you actually actively do no, something, you know. So I really feel like you know it needs to be pushed in people's faces. Although you know racism is there, it needs to be literally shoved in people's faces enough to know. Okay, cool. Something actually needs to like stop now. Something needs to be done. Yeah. You know. Um, I feel like a lot of people are not really um, Haven't got the courage to kind of You know, defend what they really feel is right You know, because I feel like Especially with, you know, how the police hunt Nowadays and everything like that They feel like their power is not really Like, there anymore You get me? Like, I'm not trying to be funny but I don't understand why uh, um, Transport police was asking me Where I was going the other day Oh really? Yeah Ask me where am I going? I'm going home. Because I'm not in your pay grade. You, okay. better, you, you better just well, hop over across the road. What, what I find funny was the fact that it was pissing down with rain. I had my hood on, yeah. It was at Houston Station, and I was going through to go into the um underground to go back home, whatever. He's like, I'm um, sorry, sir. Where are you going? So, I'm going home. Do you know that there's a pandemic? I'm very much so aware of that. <laughs> well, you know, um, you need to make sure that you know. I can't remember what bullshit was she was chatting, you but I'm you like, triggered. You must have been like, nigga, I was triggered because I'm like, I don't even. And when I get triggered, I get a bit like nervous because I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Do you mm-hmm. get what I mean? Like, and I kind of froze for a bit when he was asking me these questions because I'm like, do I even really need to answer you? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I just, I was like, yeah, 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 thank you, have a good day, and I just kept it moving because it's like, wow, is this what is this what it's come to yeah, now? Right. Is this what it's come to? Bearing in mind, yeah, right, there's about three, four people, right. In front of me, you can obviously already know what, what they were. They? I mean, I do I even I don't even mm, need to say, right? Mm. I was the only black person out of those four that was stopped. I was the only person. And then this is the stuff, and then they they were saying to you, Oh, it's not the race. Why are you picking the race card? Well, why wasn't the other person stopped? Do you know what I'm saying? It makes no sense. Like, you know, it's it's definitely there. People just like to play on it. Yeah. And that's and and that's my issue. People like to play on something that does exist and they act like it doesn't. Yeah. Like, and we're trying to, you know, be in a world where we're trying to obviously create change and all these things where there's still some people that are not really here to actually be here for the change. You get me? And that's what I find disgusting because how are we supposed to move forward? Honestly. People like that are the re- is the reason why this world is not f- moving forward. People don't understand that change is needed and change is not going to happen if you're going to take away our freedom. No, it literally. makes no sense. But that is the change that is happening. The fact that our freedom is being taken away, and I feel like a lot of things have been happening on the on the undercover in regards to things being taken away from us and us being more and more controlled as time moves forward. And I feel like even through this whole COVID thing, yeah, you guys single handedly were able to just tell me to stay in my yard and not go out and do anything. So you guys are very much able to still put in enforce. Things, you know what I mean? So why I mean, and you know what? Yeah, no, exactly. So. The enforcement still can be done, but again, it's a picking and choosing thing. And one thing I also need to kind of, um, I want to mention as well, I feel like we're in a day and age now where we're a lot more mindful. Well, and I think it's a thing where when it comes to stuff like mental health, I feel like something like that definitely really needs to be taken into consideration because going back to the interview, Megan obviously asked for help. And she couldn't get the help that she needed. So I'm like, okay, cool. If you're, if you're, you know, such an institution, how comes you haven't got these things in check? So clearly, there's definitely some form of decline within your institution um, that's not kind of like, you know, matching with the morals and values of what mm. this world just needs to be moving with. You get me? Mental health is a really big thing. And, you know, I really feel like things weren't um, happening because um, they're, 
probably didn't have certain things in, in place, but you know, this is why, this is why I think a, a situation like this should be a reason why things to support people's mental health should yeah. be in place. And not just within these businesses, right? Even, even if it is the real family, let it be, let it be in there. Like, you know, I feel like, especially like with the connotations of men- mental health now as well, people just, you know, see it as a negative thing and whatnot. No, it's not a negative thing at all. You get me? Just like how we like to go to the gym, let's help our minds and train our minds and that, mm. you get me? So I really feel like, you know, institutions like the Royal Family definitely need to have stuff like that in place, you know? I- and sorry, just to say as well, Harry also said that he felt, um, he felt embarrassed to ask for help for Megan. Do you get what I'm coming mm. from? So it's like, you already know, like the fact that he felt embarrassed and he couldn't even do anything like that to help his wife, like, wow, that's actually a mad thing. So this is where things really need to be in place. Um, 100%. Yeah, but that's the thing that in saying that, and this is the irony of it all because following on from the broadcast of Pez Morgan trying to rip it into Megan and talking about um like not believing her mental health and stuff, the ITV had a campaign about mental health, going like running, as in I think it was aired just before that um that um bit on TV with Pez and Adam and everyone else came on. And it was called, I think it was called Get Britain Talking. Okay, cool. And that's yeah, the I've health seen that. Thing. And that's what I'm saying. It's, that's the irony. The fact that you want to put things on for mental health, but you've got someone here who's there working for ITV itself and he's there perpetuating further the, the further stigma against mental health. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, make that it make is, sense. Yeah, this and, is it. And that's just make it make sense. This is make it. it. And it's, you know what's matters though? One thing that I do really appreciate since being and watching daytime TV, because it's made me realise how much I don't watch TV mm-hmm. because the joy I felt of seeing black women being on TV, speaking and fighting for the cause brought so much joy to my heart. That's what's up. Because they are very articulate, not like me, sorry, and I yeah. all this nonsense. <laughs> and I learned a lot just by watching them be so graceful and doing what they're doing. And mm-hmm. it's people like that who are going to be able to help push and make change and be advocates for, for, for social justice, really. And truly, that's what, really, that's what it comes down to. And yeah, and I feel like we don't ever get a break as people and it's time it's it's hard to even process these things and i feel like there, there's things that we need to understand that exist such as racial trauma and a lot of people have been experiencing this from last year of the black lives matter movement and the killing of black people from years before till this day and i feel like like people like i said people forget it's our lives like i actually live through this day. whether i want to accept it or be aware of it or not it's going to be in my face mm-hmm. and i have to find a way to do with that or respond to it or react to it or not and over time, I don't really try to pay attention to a lot of things because, again, I do believe that a lot of these things are just really divisive and pushed towards a race war and I try to stay out of it as best as I can but also defend and speak up for my people when needs be. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it gets tiring and draining after a while because you start to feel like you're in a constant cycle of fighting. And it's like, are you getting anywhere? If I had been fighting alongside these causes and all these protests from 2014 with, with all the other stuff that was happening in America to this day, do you know how fed up I'll be? Obviously, yes, you have to fight for cause to make a change happen, but it's depressing and demoralizing when you're fighting for a cause and there's no change, just more violence and more ignorance. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I do believe, though, things are changing in a positive way. Um, I just feel like we have to keep going. We have to keep pushing because it's, it's you, you can't tell me now that the UK isn't racist or you, it's, you can't downplay it. It is what it is. It is like, you, there's no two ways about it. Like, I feel like... Even if you're an advocate for the, for for Britain and you feel like the government is amazing and they're thriving and doing everything great, you have to be able to at least say, "Cool, they fucked up for this, they done wrong here," and just be accountable for it. From Grenfell Tower, from that fire, what what have they done for the citizens? P 
people are probably still living in hotels to this day from that situation. No accountability being taken. You guys have continuously been given, making us be paying more tax for the rich people to just be staying in their tax bracket, especially throughout this whole COVID stuff. Like, they have been the ones profiting. The ones who have been having the contractors for PPE, who are friends and basically owners owners of these businesses, who are friends of the government, are the ones who have been pumped, pumped money into. I just feel like... <laughs> like this world and I said this a couple episodes ago I've, I've, I'm slowly losing faith in humanity because I'm understanding that you know you've got to be together and have social cohesion all these things and social justice and things things will change things will change but it gets depressing after a while where you see the same repeated stuff like same repeated stuff um, but again I guess there's not much we can do other than continue because once you let the board drop people will see that as submission and feel like you're weak and you're not strong enough to carry on. Mm. But then I'm also like, why do I have to keep fighting? Like, why we've been fighting for centuries. Why, are we st- why, why, why do we have to still fight for our voices to be heard or for things to be seen on our way? And even then, it's like, why is why is it always about black people? Why is it always about race? I'm, Brother, it's have we not told me. you already what you've been through? <laughs> like, are you not listening this in your two years? And then, and then, you know, people wonder why, you know, black people are so angry and whatnot because our voices have not been heard. What we're just asking is, you know, for people not to be racist and still can't get that. Do you know what I mean? Let the UK be a lot more inclusive, you know? And I feel like, yeah, not that I'm going to start with in Savage, but when I feel like I hear something that doesn't sound right, I'm going to ask that person to repeat themselves. Not that I have never not done this, but I've never been in a situation where I've had to. But now I'm like, cool. If I'm around places and in certain situations, and even in my institution when I'm at work, if I feel like there's been some sort of injustice or something's been done to someone based, or even myself, based off their colour of their skin, I'm sp- I'm making noise. I'm making noise. Mm-hmm. Be un- if you're uncomfortable, that means that you know who you are. If you're uncomfortable in these situations and conversations, then you know who you are. Mm-hmm. Simple as. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is be understanding and 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 realize how to better make someone else feel comfortable. That's all people have to do. Not tell me and explain to me what racism is or what it looks like through your eyes, because you're not the one who's been going through it. You are the oppressor. You are the colonizer. So please do not tell me how to treat, how to react, respond to stuff, or how to how to treat my own feelings and, and my own actions and stuff. You can't tell me how to do that, because that's gaslighting. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. And I feel like again, it's tiring and frustrating, but hopefully we reach a place where. You know, we there's some 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 form of yeah some sort of level playing field here. Mm-hmm. But above all, hashtag abolish abolish the monarchy. <laughs> get them out. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. I get the think... colonizers out. I'm going to give my ancestors back their things. <laughs> I'm tired of these people. <laughs> Go and give the museums. Take it, take it, take it all out. Like how you have how you have a whole museum built on artifacts you stole from people. Why? And you want to tell and you're proud of yourselves. And then Piers Morgan wants to quote. Winston Churchill, the biggest, one of the biggest colonizers and oppressors of British history. Yes, he won you lot whatever wars he won, but too much people he killed in that process. How many, he was involved, that was genocide. I don't think people he killed, it was genocide. But you want to quote him, and then you want to tell me that UK is not racist, while there's a, a statue of a slave master somewhere in central London. Give me a break. Goodbye. Goodbye. I think, you know what, one day... The world will learn its lesson. And then they will the say, oh, will learn its lesson. why don't you go to Africa? Well, you niggas dragged me here. You dragged my ancestors here. We're here now. <laughs> Which means we should go? No, we can't go. <laughs> we can't go. We will, we're going to make our space in your space because you've done the same thing to us. And here don't we fight are. fire with fire, but I, at least I'm not colonizing people. So, hey. 
Here we are, boy. I just really hope that at some point, um, like you said, we can actually have some form of, you know, peace and understanding, you know, from all parties and so forth. Brother. I just really hope because, you know what, I think especially n- now knowing what's happen- happening in this world right now, I believe there definitely can be change, but I think the change is still yet to come. And yeah. it's, 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 a very, it's going to be a long process. Do you get what I mean? And I, and I feel like I have to worry enough about being a black man alone and let that be enough. Yeah. And also what's for the next generation as well. How's the next generation obviously going to feed what's happening or yeah, interpret what's happening. You know what? I'm, I'm really excited to see how, well, I mean, I say excited, but based off the things that's happened in the previous years, some systems don't really change, but I would love to like be growing up now. Would you, wouldn't you like to be growing up now and be learning stuff about like what's happening in the world? Cause there's been so many, monumental moments in the past couple of years that I've been an adult and I'm like oh my god this is really going to shape how we move forward in society and stuff and it's like the younger generations and maybe our kids will be the ones growing up learning about the lives that we actually live which is mm-hmm. I think is pretty interesting because even in my school there was a few times when um, not even a few times in general I think in some depending on what subject or what teacher I guess they do speak about the London riots which is a part of history and stuff. That like was it. literally but, not even long ago. And that's something that I was physically there for. I, like, it's mad that I was, I was generally there. Like I was, I saw, especially obviously, you know, starting time and everything. I was literally there from the beginning. I you're, saw it. You're basically a part of history. Bro. And it's mad to realise that because I don't get it now because it feels so current because yeah. we're living in these mm-hmm. things now. But yeah, it's just interesting to know that there's going to be a whole new world and of people learning about stuff that's happened from yeah. before. And, and we've experienced you know it what in mean? a sense. Like, yeah. I want to see what they lie about. <laughs> That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. The lies. The lies, the lies, the lies. <laughs> L-O-L. Well, you know what? Yeah, I think the generation below us, they've obviously... Well, we're basically doing as much as we can and they just need to pick up the yeah. slack. That's literally it, you know? So, and that's the thing. I feel like... I feel like, like... I feel quite... Not disappointed in myself, but from... Before last year, I wasn't no sort of fight for my rights, fight for my black people and speaking about speaking about stuff. And it wasn't because I was ignorant or whatnot. I just spent so long in my own head that what I could think about was myself. And I, in that, forgot that other people have certain situations. And I knew, obviously, I was aware of police brutality and all these things happening, but I just always thought about myself. And now I'm in a place where I'm not thinking about myself. I'm more open to, you know, spreading my wings, so to say, and having a better understanding of life and how certain things that, impact other people differently and how it impacts me as a black person as well like this I'm more aware of racial trauma so to say I'm more of things that I'm more aware of race wars all these things happen and it's made me feel more in tune with myself to some extent I guess because I have a better understanding of me yeah and I, I realise it's not just me there's, that, a whole group, there's, a whole, there's a whole group of us you know the whole demographic I feel like once you're in tune with yourself um, I feel like you kind of understand what's happening around you a lot more yeah. and um, I feel like this is where a lot of people in society need to be a lot more open. They need to be open for change, open for new things, open for new information. And this is where the issue is. A lot of people are just very comfortable with what they know and they just want to live their lives just with what they know. Do you know what I mean? And if we continue being like that, the world is not going to be the way we want it to be. And 
unless we can obviously make you know a change within ourselves first that's that's when we can obviously make change around us and you know with such experiences with what Megan's you know kind of put out there I really just hope that you know it's very unfortunate she's gone through I feel really really sorry I'm you know bad for her that she's obviously gone through that but what she's also done she's obviously kind of opened in a sense a kind of worms um where you know a lot of people could have been feeling exactly like this you know whether it's at work or you know even at home or just in social um, settings and so forth as well. Do you get what I mean? You know, she's actually kind of, you know, used her platform to kind of make awareness that, you know, racism still does exist regardless. You know, mental health does exist regardless. Mm. And, you know, from that interview, I really feel like, you know, hopefully things can actually, you know, change. But I just really hope that things can, you know, happen from that really. So I just kind of hope that, you know, you guys, the listeners, you know, if you have watched it, you've definitely kind of taken something from that, you know, because I definitely learned a lot from that. I could take that for free, you know. Yeah. So, and I feel like we just kind of just need to move move forward with, you know, understanding, you know, how we can obviously help each other. You know, we can understand a lot more about mental health, what we can do, um, you know, as a citizen to kind of help each other and so forth. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm also really intrigued to see what the next brushstroke we're going to look like if that makes sense mm-hmm. in regards to uh, the outcomes and quote-unquote solutions and everything that's going to happen from this i want to see what next week <laughs> because like next week the week after that the week after that the month after that i feel like i really want to see how this all how, yeah because, because it's either it's still going to be in topic or it's going to fizzle out yeah one of the two but again like i said are we just a social movement are we a hashtag or is this our lives and change needs to be had that's why i want to see what actual change happens and not more police reforms, more police on the street for to be killing our own people. Nothing. Yeah. How do you think police is the answer when they just? And please, I'm actually my throat really hurts. My throat is dry. In fact, <laughs> I'm really just. Oh. So what I'm gonna since your throat is dry, what I am also <laughs> gonna say as well, yeah, right. I think also from the interview as well, I really just hope that it opens up um, a lot more people to kind of have respect for women as well. I feel like, especially kind of living in a patriarchal, you know, society, I really feel like... Misogynistic. Yeah, all of that, all of these terms and whatnot. I really feel like, you know, people like Piers Morgan can get away with what he's getting away with because he's a man and because he's a public figure as well, you know? Um, No woman, or even just nobody, but yeah, no woman should have to kind of go through exactly what Megan's gone through, you know? Um... And I feel like women need a lot more support. I think, you know, in life, we need to be a lot more nurturing, you know? Um, I think people just make it seem like women are the only ones that need to be nurturing and men are not. No, 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 no. We all need to be nurturing, um, you know, together. We need to be nurturing towards each other, you know? And, you know, it was International um, Women's Day this week as well. And funny enough, it's also Mother's Day today as well. So... I really feel like a lot of people kind of need to shout think about... Mumsy. Yeah, shout out Mumsy and all of these things and all the other mums that made a difference to my life and all of that as well. Um, I really just think that, you know, we need to understand the amount of work that women actually do for us, you know, and we need to be appreciative of that because if it wasn't for women, we would not be here, you know? So regardless of, you know, I guess there obviously are some women that may not give, you know, women as a whole, you know, a good name, just mm. same like for men, you get me? But let's just remember, right, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for women. And I feel like because of, for that reason, we definitely need to show them gratitude and respect a lot more, you know? You know we need to protect them as 100%. well. And, you know, I'm actually embarrassed. 
I was that frustrated. I didn't realize it was Mother's Day. <laughs> after after an hour and three minutes, thank <laughs> you mentioned we're recording on Mother's Day, guys. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Jeez. Listen. Um, but listen. yeah, and I feel like in in what you said, I feel like it's also important that men hold other men accountable because I feel like there was a statistic that came out this week which really bothered and triggered the hell out of me. And it said 97% of women have, like literally 97% of women, women period, have been successful or have been suspected of or have been involved in some sort of sexual assault. And I'm pretty sure some of them didn't even know that they were. Yes. Do you get what I'm coming and from? In situations like that, it's men holding other men accountable. Like pull up your guys when you see some fuck shit. Like you can't allow... Man, I'm just be treating women anyhow. Like this is it. Asking, sending, sending dick pic machine to ask for it. That is a sexual assault. It's a mm-hmm. sexual, you can't do something mm-hmm. like that. That that can be traumatic for somebody. You do you get what I'm saying? Not, you don't do them things. Yeah. Like you can't be seeing a woman in public and groping her. That's not acceptable. Just because mm-hmm. she's wearing a nice dress, it's not. It's not cool. It's not. It's not all right. Even if a woman's walking past you, you and your boys look back and be like, "Oh, she's got her back." That again. These are minor things that we do and we think it's so okay and normal, but it's not. It sexualizes women. It makes it seem as if they're objects and they're not. And, and they need to be treated fun. with much more respect. And this is why women have the view of men, right? Because some men don't, you know, give us a good name. Do you get where I'm coming from? And men shouldn't have to kind of glorify, um, you know, how to kind of like, you know, it will treat women. I feel like a lot of men kind of get like some little ego boost when they kind of disrespect women and so forth like you know calling them jezzies it's even natural in nature to an extent it makes them feel better people yeah it shouldn't have to do that but but even just speaking about it look how weak that is you have to undermine you know another you know sex to kind of make yourself feel empowered bro that is wrong in all ways it's it's, 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 that nah clearly something needs to be done about that I feel like it starts from home it starts with, with us as people like we have to be able to be there and be like, cool, I'm going to be the one to take a lead and take a step. And if I see your hair stuff that doesn't align with what I feel like is how people should be treated, especially when it comes to women, I'm going to speak up about it. And I, what I don't like is how there's this terminology now that's been going around called simp, which is when a guy is trying to bend over backwards and do things to impress a woman just so she can eventually try and sleep with him or whatever it is. And oh, it's mad is because it? Even if Rob you're paying way. a compliment to a girl or trying to... Or Calling up, pulling out another guy on what he said to another female, the response will be, "Ah, bro, she's not gonna fuck you. Why are you trying?" It's not about that. It's about me telling you what you've done is wrong but, and what you've done and how to rectify it. That's what it is. But already, can you see the mindset already? You think that you know? I mean, this is another conversation for another day as well. But it's like you know, you just a lot of men just see women as sexual objects. As if to say they're from Love Honey or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it makes no sense. It's not It's not a nice thing at all. Do you imagine, like, why would you want to kind of see someone or see something as an, an object? Do you know what I mean? Full, they're a full human being, right? There could be a mother. There could be there's someone's mother. That's someone's daughter. That's someone's sister. Do you know what I'm coming from? But then, you know, when men and are kind of coming together, they're not thinking like this. And this is exactly how they need to be thinking. Because... Do you know what stresses me out? beyond anything because I feel like it's 2021 and we're still having these conversations and that's what bothers me the most because we've definitely been having these conversations from when I was in school till when I was in secondary school till when I was in college till when I was in uni till now and obviously things don't happen overnight but brother like again when is it going to be like how can we consistently be living in these times and Bro, mm-hmm. and, peak, again, and again, sometimes I guess it is unfortunately inevitable. Some people are just tapped, twisted, and just not well. And no excuses, but... 
And those are the people that need to be locked up. Not but to, the not ones who believe that it's just a way of life and it's their ego that feeds them and they they feel like it's okay to speak to people and demoralize them and treat them like less of a people or less of whatever or a second class citizen just because of what you want from them or what you may like about them or what you want, whatever it is, it's disgusting. Learn to control yourself. Learn to have self respect. Learn to know who you are as a person before you try and put your shit onto anyone, onto anyone else. Mm-hmm. I, like, and I feel like it's Michael. Just think about it. Like, as as men, we don't have to sit here and think. You know what? Right now, outside, bro. Look, right now it's dark here. As a female, your thought process is oh, maybe I should even book a, like a late studio session because I I don't want to go home too late. That's I don't want to be on a train That's late true. at night. I don't want to be going home in, in dark places. These are things women think about that I don't have to. I can wake up and go out wherever I want, and I live in. I love my Tottenham but Tottenham is slums I love Tottenham <laughs> Tottenham is my home but it's slums mm-hmm. and as a female sometimes I look at my, my little sister I'm like why don't you like to go out and do stuff I'm like and I I'm, I just I'm like why don't you just, just go out yeah. you know it was one time I think it was even just two, yesterday two days ago we had some some cake in the house um, and we wanted custard I told her why didn't you just go shop she was like no I don't want to I don't want to but the more I think of it now it's like she doesn't want to because the times that I have been out with her during daylight people are looking at her mm-hmm. like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, you know what I mean? It makes you feel uncomfortable in general. And even when I'm with her, I'm like, who, who are these people? Why are they looking at you? Yeah. That's literally my, my yeah. first thing. When, I'm, when you steep it, go out with a female or a friend, a cousin, sister, whatever, and just just realise how much attention she gets just by walking. Even if his eyes on you, people looking at you, why are you staring at me? It's automatically going to make you feel uncomfortable, not make you want to do stuff. And that alone in itself is a whole new layer of mental health that females face that they can't really get away from because that's just the reality of life that they live in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which sucks yeah because ultimately mad. we are the it's me i'm the man you know what i mean it's me who were the ones who are scaring these people for scaring these females from being able to explicitly just live their lives as they want to because people say to us yeah live your life be free but can you really yeah when you've got men out here being being predators it's pure. and it's again I, I don't know what the solution is but it starts from home you have to this call out the people that you see, the things that you see around. Like, no, no one's saying go and be a captain, saver, whatever, but just go there and have good intentions. Be a human being. This is it. Be a human. That's just what it is. Be a human being. And I think, do you know, it is, um, especially like, I've had a few times when, you know, friends have, you know, told me stories um, about how they've kind of like this, the guy and everything like that. And they would expect for me to be like, yeah, 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 that, that's, that's lit still. That's, that's mad, that's mad. But when I'm, when they're actually telling me their story, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm actually judging. I'm like, how the fuck can you do that? Yeah. That's actually mad. How can you like do the girl like that? That's wrong. So I really feel like, you know, moving forward, we need to educate our brothers on how to obviously, you know, respect, you know, our women. Do you get what I mean? Because especially man them, are actually having daughters and then you know i don't think they realize the impact of what it can make until something may and that's another thing that i saw as well i feel like men like to take accountability and be like oh i I have to treat someone nice or treat a woman nice because of my sister or because of my daughter because of my mom no you treat her nice because she's a woman and she's a human being period not because you have a daughter and you know it's gonna exactly because titles shouldn't have to just make someone feel special or certain way do you get what i mean that's not how things work this is and it. it's mad because just what you were saying, that example of, your, of boys trying to have, you know, talk about disrespecting females and making it seem okay. My boys know for free. Don't come to me with your fuck shit because I will tell you about yourself. I will tell you <laughs> what you're doing is wrong. I'm not here for no emotional abuse. I'm not here for no physical... I'm not here for none of that stuff. Don't tell me about it. Don't tell me about it. And then you want me to sit around your girlfriend when you've just told me what you've just been doing. Don't do that to me. Yeah, that's, that's not fair. That's not... That's, that's, that's do that wrong in all ways, Cause, man. Because like I said, I'll call you out on your shit. 
obviously it's not a place when it comes to that stuff. But ultimately, if it, if it's a big situation or things that is worth speaking about, I'm going to call it out. This is it because I can't. I'm not running with no narcissist. I can't people around me who do shit that is just unacceptable, unappreciative, and downright disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Simple as no, for real, man. For real. That's what you want to do. Do it on the side of the corner without me around because I don't want to hear it. Just do it. Just don't tell me. Just don't do it. At don't all. tell me. Simple as. And, and also, yeah, just don't do it at all. Really, like, truly. Yeah, for real, for real. You know. But, Sorry. But yeah, that's what's up. But I just really hope that you know. Y'all get this message. <laughs> you get me. We need to respect our women. We need to, you know, enforce. Respect you know, yourself. Respect yourself. Yes, most respect definitely. Respect yourself. Come respect, on. Yeah. Because if you if you generally respect yourself, you wouldn't be racist. You wouldn't want to put emotional abuse into a female. You wouldn't want to rape someone. You wouldn't want to do all these things if you just had more common self-worth and decency for who mm-hmm. you are as a person. Yeah. No, yeah, alone, real. anyone else. For real. And that's what it comes down to, just basic instincts like, or basic human instincts, what should be basic human instincts. But then we know the saying, common sense isn't common. People don't know how to do things to allow people to feel happy and feel common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, f- I really feel like we've got a lot of learning to do, you know. Me, like, myself too. Like you keep... <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of learning to do. Hopefully the next time we speak about race, I can articulate myself in a better way and I'm not cussing and calling people the see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> Stay tuned. But no, honestly, I'm um, a work in progress. I think, and, and this is exactly what I was just about to say as well. The world is definitely a work in progress, and I feel like for people like us who can obviously recognize certain things in this light, I really just hope that you know there's a lot more like-minded people that have the same vision as us, um, and hopefully you know the word can get out there and you know the world would be a better place. Fingers crossed. You get Fingers what I mean? And tolls at this point. Yeah, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. But you know what? Yeah. Big up to all the females. Big up to our female listeners as well. Um, you know, you are loved. You are beautiful. You are cherished. You're amazing. Just know that the love is never um, gone unnoticed. Do you get what I mean? Honestly. We understand the work that women do for us men and so forth. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, we need to obviously make that known. So, you know. Friend, mother, sister, aunt, grandma, grandma cousin, Listen, niece. You are, do you get what I mean? You're you amazing. And, and exactly you that. Existence. And thank you for being in our lives. Because without you, we'd, we would not be here. No, today. like, as in, I literally would not be here. Right, exactly that. I would not be speaking to you. I wouldn't even you. be your concepts. I wouldn't even be your thoughts. No one would even know me. I wouldn't be recording right now. <laughs> literally, you know. But yeah, no. Um, Thank you very much. And I uh, really just, really just hope that... Um, again, y'all can obviously take something um, from this episode. Yeah. And I mean, I know we spoke about so many things and if there's anything in here that has triggered you, I really apologise. Um, I mean, I guess if you would like to message us and speak to us about certain things or just discuss whatever it is, just get some clarity on whatever it is. And if you feel like social media has been too much for you, you can step away. Take just that break. Log out, put your phone away, or just just don't be on social media if it's if it's negatively affecting you or if it's not making you feel so positive about yourself and things that's happening in the world. Um and yeah, we'll be back again next week whenever update on how this world is going. That's how we're up. feeling. And I'm not gonna tell you and I'm not gonna tell you what episode that is either. So. You say this now. <laughs> Let's see what you do next week. <laughs> hey, but on that note, it's your boy Milo. It's your boy Fabs. And we out. Peace.